Socialist Shelf and part two of our three-body problem episode. If you enjoy this episode, why don't you just, you know, go and tell somebody about it. Just anybody, you know, doesn't have to be someone you know. You know, you could really just go up to someone in public. I'm Okay, I'm being told that maybe that's not the best call, but hey, hey, get the word out. Get the word out. People need to know this. People need to know about the socialist shelf. People need to know about the three-body problem. And people need to know that part two of this episode is starting right now. But yeah, ultimately, at the end of the day, this is a book about gaming, I would say. Uh, Joss, give us the rundown on Three Body, the video game. Yes. So he sees um, this other member of the Frontiers of Science who is still living. Um, he sees this person playing a game called Three Body. Um, uh, Shen Yufei is her name. She's not super, super important to the narrative um, outside of that. But um, yeah, so she's the- this character that's tangentially caught up in all these circles. Right. Yes. Right. And we'll see her again. But like, yes, um, the important thing is that uh, Wang Miao, he gets turned on to this game called Three Body. What is three body? Well, he jacks into this um, this full dive like um, like um, um, full dive like full sensation like VR suit like you feel heat you feel cold you feel pain and whatnot, and he's in this virtual world, and it's set now during um, uh, a chaotic essentially <laughs> yeah a chaotic period in um, in a fantasy version of like ancient China essentially like he interacts yes. with uh, King uh, Zhou of Shang and other 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 uh other royals from uh, right and he's like wandering yeah 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 and he's wandering this 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 waste uh where the sun in the sky is uh is just uh it 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 comes up it comes down it stays out for a long time it turns to night for a long time so naturally the uh weather is incredibly inconsistent um you know, you'll see, uh, you'll have moments of this intense heat, of intense cold. Um, and basically, the people who are playing the game along with them, as well as the NPCs, you know, everyone very vested in the world is like, yes, well, that's because we're in a chaotic period where things are just random. There are also stable periods, which means, uh, you know, you have your normal 24 hour cycle um, or, or, or what have you. Um, and basically, the goal of the game from the beginning is figuring out how to predict the difference in the chaotic eras and the stable eras before your civilization kind of collapses because, you know, only a stable era or, uh, or a well-understood chaotic era. Can you, um, can you of course build a civilization constructively? Cause what if, you know, the sun is out for, you know, three weeks straight, um, you know, everything's fried. If the sun doesn't come out for a year, then uh, nothing can grow. And the Denzians of this world have the ability to dry themselves out and store themselves um, in these, it's a very funny image, um, in these basically like giant granaries basically uh, to last between these chaotic cycles. And there are these different rulers um, posted up in gigantic pyramids representing of different periods. um, And these great scientists who are players um, you know, um, in the forms of different scientists throughout history, you know, um, Copernicus and and what, and, you know, Galileo and what have you, um, and so, uh, many different ones coming to these kings and rulers with different concepts to explain how the world works. And if you mess it up, you get burned in, uh, in a great fire and you are banned from the game permanently. 
burned in a great fire or indeed you know frozen in an incredible um in an incredible uh, polar apocalypse there's that uh, yes yeah yeah there's there's any number um there's any number of ways that this world could end you know but if you hence... get if you get executed though you get banned from the game notably. oh yeah. yeah if you, you die have... due to the nature you can come back but if you get right. killed by one of the kings you are uh you're permabanned right so you have to demonstrate you know some continued kind of utility here right mm-hmm. Yeah, very, very uh, Scheherazade sort of approach to uh, scientific advancement. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, hence the crux of the um, of the um, of the of the game. Right. Hence the the object of it, which is to figure out some sort of logic to the um, to the changing conditions of this world, you know, because it transpires um, part of part of figuring out the uh, the contours of this of this uh, world is that oh there's three suns and they um, and they interact with it, with each other um, their orbit um, has these unpredictable sort of uh, motions and thus unpredictable sort of effects on this uh, world of the game seemingly unpredictable you know but there is a sort of logic to it so uh, well Wang is the one who figures out there are three sons though because that, from the beginning yes. that that's the first step is figuring out what's going on the answer there are Precisely. three sons you're being chucked around gravitationally between three suns and the only time there's stability is when you're rotating around just one star mm-hmm. so naturally things could get really bad there could be three stars oh wow well everybody's fried Right. Um, you know, all kinds of things can happen because you are in this three body problem. And the question is, how do you accurately predict the three body problem? You know, you have a long period for prior to that. Everyone's just trying to figure out what's going on. And you have people who are like, well, there's this the whole world's in this giant egg. And there's another guy who says the sun is the eye of God. And we got to lull him to sleep with a um, what was it with a big um, the big uh, pendulum thing, that big they pendulum. There's all kinds of ideas that people are throwing out there and some, most of them are wrong and it's and it is uh it is um yeah our protagonist wang who is able to figure it out that the three body problem is the thing in the first place mm-hmm. and that's most of the uh and that's most of the second act of the book is him going through these various attempts to uh to figure this stuff out and um, mathematically yeah yeah, and and through through his efforts and through the combined efforts, indeed, of the uh, of the people uh, in the game, they actually managed to advance civilization fairly fairly far. Because, like you know, it's a it's a linear it's a linear sort of progression, right? You start out in this sort of a bronze age, and you're trying to get to um, the conceit initially, right? Is that you're trying to figure out how to plan around these stable versus chaotic areas um sufficiently to get human civilization to survive to this like computing age where then presumably you're able to uh to uh, create these the um the equations and the and develop the um mathematical disciplines necessary to figure all this shit out though some of them do say uh you know guy like me doesn't need a computer to compute Mm -hmm. um and they get an army of what is it a hundred million guys um to stand out in the fields and create a human computer. It's very interesting. Uh, a very interesting, very creative moment where they just have all these people acting as circuits and a circuit board to try and compute the, uh, you know, the trajectory of the planets and the sun and on, or the su- planet and the suns and all that. All these different attempts. And the point, however, is not 
that uh, it, not to figure it out. The point is that it is futile. The point is that it, it can't be solved, that the three-body problem is far too complex to solve, uh, that there is no fundamental answer. And the game concludes by all the remaining players, everyone who hasn't either rage quit or uh, been banned from the game, being brought together um, at the end of the world, where it's, it's this civilization that is sufficiently developed to be able to withstand uh, most periods, but knowing, yeah, eventually we're going to be fried by one of these suns. Uh, the way math works is one of these days we're going to fall into one of our suns or something really bad is going to happen. And they're saying, we're giving up on our planet. We're building spaceships. We are going out into to find another planet to live on because we just cannot survive here anymore. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing has been a front for, you guessed it, aliens. Exactly. Yes. The... Um... An organization has is behind the development of this game, which is the um, the ETO, the Earth Trisolaris Organization, because indeed that is the that is the world that this game actually represents is Trisolaris. It's this planet somewhere out near uh, um, uh, the Alpha, Alpha Centauri, Centauri system. Yeah, it's yes. the closest star. Yeah. Yes. And the history of this uh, civilization is um, it's alluded to throughout the uh, narrative of the game, right? You've, it, it, it transpires that, oh, there were these other inhabited planets that were um, that were frozen or, or uh, burned or fell into uh, one or another sun. And this is the last one. Right, exactly. So the you see the stakes, you see the tension on this um, planet and the Trisolarans themselves have evolved with this, meaning they can literally drive themselves out. They have evolved that ability to survive the uh, chaotic eras. And, but nevertheless, they know they are ultimately doomed. Um, it's all just sort of, uh, you know, they're, it, it's a game of chance. And so they desperately reached out to the entire universe saying like, are you there? You know, sending out a message. Um, um, they're, 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 they're interested. They're looking. And they get a message from a little planet not too far from them. That would be planet Earth. And that, um, we'll get the explanation of that message in a minute. But basically, um, well, we, you want to you go into it now, even though it gets explained a little later? This yeah. book, explaining this book's plot is a little difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's because it's because it's back and forth, you know. And it and I'm not, you know, I'm not complaining about the back and forth nature of it because the way that uh, that no, it's it, neat, um, it's neat. Yeah, the way that it unfolds and adds context is is pretty pretty brilliant. Um, but yeah, so it transpires that um, Ye Wenje by this time is privy to all the alien shit going down at uh, Red Coast. Yeah, and, back back in the day. Yes, back in the day. And she, at this time, has um, some time has passed, and she's met with um, she's met with the uh, with three of the with three of the red guards with three of the four red guards who were responsible for her father's death. The fourth one drowned in a river somewhere, I believe. Yeah. Um, but the other three are, you know, they're 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 old, they're fading. They're uh, one of them's lost an arm, um, but they're wholly unrepentant. For their role in um, Wenja's father's death, even though you know he was later rehabilitated, yeah. Um, and it's based on this encounter with these people that she decides, you know what, humanity isn't worth saving, and she has she's had first contact with the uh, Trisolarans by this time, and the message that she has received from the Trisolarans is, do not respond. Yeah, it's a random pacifist on Trisolaris gets the message 
saying, you know, saying, hey, we're out here. We're Earth. And he's like, oh, shoot. No, 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 no. My, my planet's going to invade their planet. And he makes this, this call at his own expense to say, do not respond. They won't be able to find you. They won't be able to triangulate your location, but she decides, nah, my my, my world's not worth saving. And yeah. it is pretty brilliant because it explains why the radio waves haven't gotten other planets before. And it's simply because radio waves don't have the power to travel that far and you need a lot more power to project. And she figures out this uh, this neat trick where she can use the sun's gravitational uh, field to sort of... Um, launch the message from the sun and project it way farther which is an interesting bit of hard science um there's a lot of interesting bits of hard science in this book this guy is yes. very clever yeah i mean it's, I'm not, it's remarkable the, the whole I, book is so is is brilliant you know yeah i'm not and i'm not a like hard science guy like i found myself um i found myself kind of skimming the um the stuff where it gets into the intricacies of uh, the physics and whatnot um but that being said, the conceit of it, you know, the structure of it is is really quite interesting because as it happens, the humans and the Trisolarans have inverse problems, right? Like we know the distance that this is coming to us from, so we can infer the um, the origin of this of of this stuff, right? Like we don't know. Um, Wenja's baffled at first because um, before she figures out that um, she can reflect this thing through the sun, she doesn't know where this thing's coming from. But once she figures out that portion of it, she's like, okay, so um, we have the we have roughly the distance at which it should be um, broadcasting from. So now I can divine the location. And she concludes, okay, yeah, it's, it's Alpha Centauri. Um, but the Trisolarans have the opposite problem. They know um, the direction that earth is in based yeah. on the um based on what they hear from uh, Wenja but uh they don't know the distance right and it turns it's out not far yeah not far relative yeah, and, re yes relative to the size of the universe yes and it's actually really interesting because you see um like right down to the the wording used um for Ye Wenja versus this uh, pacifist trisolaran like it's the same it's the same words used like uh here we go um I'll read you this the passage. Same words used to describe her conditions as well. Hanging yeah, on just, the base. just how, yeah. how alone that they are. Uh, yeah, so here we go. Uh, yeah, felt this interminable wave was an abstract view of the universe. Um, this wave that she's seeing, that's like an indicator of uh, the, the strength of the signal. Um, one end connected to the endless past, the other to the endless future, and in the middle, only the ups and downs of random chance without life, Without pattern, the peaks and valleys at different heights like uneven grains of sand, the whole curve like a one-dimensional desert made up of all the grains of sand lined up in a row, lonely, desolate, so long that it was intolerable. You could follow it and go forward or backward as long as you liked, but you'd never find the end. So that's that's on her, you know, that's on that's on our planet, of course. That's from her end. And uh, let me find it again. You get um, something very similar on the end of the Trisolarian. The, the yeah, literally, Trisolaran. literally like 100 pages later, like he felt this interminable way was an abstract view of the universe. One end connected to the endless past, the other to the endless future. And in the middle, you know, on and on and on. You can follow it, go forward or backward as long as you like, but you never find the end. And it's this really beautiful moment once you see it from their perspective of this isolation, you know, community, you know, um, as different as we are evolutionarily, historically, culturally, you know, it's this 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 desire to not be alone in the universe that unites uh, that unites these drastically different uh, life forms, you know, and it's and it's, it's, it's oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, just 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 across that that 
that uh, commonality across this sort of scale is something that uh, is something that uh, I find really beautiful in Liu. And I think Liu's Sashin's uh, like uh, his particular way of expressing it is interesting, right? Because like the poet mindset of this sort of existential emptiness would be to look at the darkness of space, the distance to the stars, the this and the that. But he's talking about, oh, this is the flicker of the background radiation of the universe. Something that I would have not really thought about, you know, the the sort of radio signals that come in. But the standardness of it uh, is what is is used. And it's this scientist mindset to express something very poetic that I also really appreciate because it's just not an angle I think about on it, but it's the angle sort of the, the sort of the the physicist might take on thinking about these uh, these these grandiose issues. And so yeah, and it allows these these things two to connect. But of course, um due to uh you know due to the uh, skepticism of Ye um and about you know her fellow man and, um, you know, just how brutal things have been. And and not just here. She knows things are very bad across the world. You know, she's uh, all around the world. You know, the Cold War is brewing and uh, things are tense. Things are even tense between China and the Soviets at this point. And, uh, you know, the first inklings of, you know, while climate change isn't being discussed, the first inklings of like discussion of environmental destruction is happening. And she's like, we do not have the capacity to take care of our own problems as humans. We cannot take care of our own problems. We do not deserve to take care of our own problems. Just just come and take this world from us because y'all must be better than us. Um, you know, it's made in a very a moment of uh, darkness. It's made in a moment of weakness, and it's a decision she has to double out down on making because at this point, you know, like she's made her call, you know, like she's she's made her call. She's sold out to humanity. So at this point, she's going to remain sort of, uh, you know, invested in this connection with Trisolaris, and she eventually builds the ETO, the uh, Earth Trisolaris organization, in conjunction with that uh, other fellow. What's his name? Mike um, Evans. Mike Evans, who is a uh, sort of this radical environmentalist from the united states who turns out to be the child of an oil baron uh gets the oil baron's fortune after his father dies and basically is like you know what earth we can't protect ourselves i'm so fed up with everything um he's even more nihilistic than her in that he's like i just like want earth to be like destroyed like purged in holy fire and the thing of it is like he can afford to be Yes, exactly. And that is notable that they have this guy, this guy who is like, I'm such a doomer, be a a billionaire son and then a billionaire, Uh, Mm -hmm. a fossil fuel billionaire. Uh, I thought that that was uh, for all his, uh, you know, for all his saying that he's not political, that that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty charged political statement there from Lou. And I appreciate it. (laughs) Well, and, you know, like buying buying a ship called the Judgment Day from which you plot from which you plot the uh, the destruction of humanity in, you know, the glorious ionized fire of the Trisolaran cannons. Right. Like that. That is such a fucking Elon Musk thing to do. Yes. Yes, it is. The only difference is this guy has his original like I'm gonna work and save the birds scene because she does meet him in China trying to save these like sparrows I think it is um I I, I and and it's like this idea of like he's like this guy who's actually you know working with his hands to try and make something better in the world but it's just him trying to escape his past trying to escape you know his bourgeois background mm-hmm. um but ultimately he has not come over to, you know, China to try and, you know, participate in building some grander project. He's just there to kind of just prove something with his sweat 
And, uh, you know, once he inherits his billions, he's not using it to save those exact birds. There's you know? no shred There's of no humility project. in what he's doing. Yes, he wants people to know he's working so hard to save the birds. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And then when he gets the capacity to, it's not good enough for him anymore. Um, notably, this is a... Rev- he, he he's still making money from the oil. You know what I mean? Like he's not saving. He's not, um, you know, he had this formative experience as a kid uh, seeing an oil spill really destroy a lot of, uh, of nature. But um, now that he's the one in the driver's seat, um, he has fully adopted the logic of the bourgeoisie, the logic of, well, this can be no other way. And he has said, since it can be no other way, it is this or death, and I choose death. And that is somehow the progressive choice in his mind, um, which unfortunately is like a real mentality. Of course, this is taken to a massive extremity because it has aliens, but there is a real mentality behind the person who says, uh, this is the only way things can be because they are so indoctrinated with the ideology of capitalism um, that they're like, well, we might as well just end this thing, um, which is, of course, uh, a false dichotomy. Uh, that is not how things are, but that is how this character is. That's how the ETO comes to be formed in this conjunction of these two characters. And it is this group sort of plotting to make humanity weaker for the invasion of the Tri-Solarians, or rather than weaker to keep humanity from ascending to the level of the Tri-Solarians, because since they're so far away, uh, it's going to take 400 years for their ships to get here, traveling at, what is it, like a 50th of the speed of light or something like that? Uh, 50th or 100th, I forget the precise... The it's precise. a tenth is at, at their fastest, but they can't go their fastest all the time, naturally. Right, right, exactly. So it's, it, it's yeah, as you say, 450 years is going to take them to, uh, to get to us, by which time we have to unify and... Uh, and uh, get our shit together and it's been you know and it's been discussed earlier in the book the uh, the difficulty of that you know there's a theory out there um that um that lou delves into that's like oh well you know the the um contact with uh aliens right regardless of the length regardless of the character of the contact you know might actually serve as to uh divide us further rather than unite us yeah because everyone's gonna freak out that there's mm-hmm. um aliens coming and and even the eto can't really hold itself together because while there's all these people who are like ah yes we are um what is it adventists and redemptionists is that right there's there's three factions there's the adventists um and they're just like yeah fuck the world uh humanity's over there's yeah. the redemptionists shen yufei is uh, the leader of those um and they want to help the trisolarans like figure out a figure out how to solve the free body problem um and then there's the survivors, and they want to help the Trisolarans, but um, they want to preserve like their own and uh, their descendants' uh, lives, and then everybody else dies. So it's the enlightened like, centrists. Yes. So <laughs> yes, the yeah, which is which is such a great sort of indictment of the enlightened centrists, right? It's like genocide, no genocide, some genocide. <laughs> yeah, moderate genocide. Rain it in, guys, for real. Um, and interestingly enough, they have very little contact with the Trisolarians. Aside from um, aside from the Adventists, the rest of them don't actually know much about them. So they create an image of the Trisolarians in their head. Like, you know, um, Shen is like worshiping the Trisolarians as a concept and calling them our Lord and like this. And they don't know anything about the planet. Only the Adventists know stuff about the Trisolarians because the Trisolarians have been in actual contact with the Adventists. Because, and again, we're getting into a lot of science, but this is like the whole book. Uh, this is not a very character-focused book. Um, 
the uh, Tricelarians created a um, particle-sized supercomputer that they shot across space to um, to Earth that they're using to communicate to um, the Adventists on Earth because nano waves can travel instantaneously across the universe. They can have instantaneous contact, even though uh, if they were sending normal radio waves, it would take four years to reach. Uh, yes. And there's a really it's... neat part where they're like turning an atom, not even an atom, like a molecule a proton, into yeah. yeah, proton into the like into different dimensions of space. So it's huge. And they're like inscribing circuitry on it. It's all it's like over my head, but in a way that I really appreciated. Well, the th- the um, yeah. thing, the thing of it is, like I, because um, I said before, you know, the, the 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 physics of it don't interest me too much. But where he gets into like the fantasy, um, and again, I'm I went to school for English, right? I don't know. Yeah, same. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know a whole lot about what is and isn't theoretically possible physics wise. So if indeed this stuff is theoretically possible at some higher stage of civilization, you know, um, you know, please direct all your hate mail to me. Um, but it's the the it. it it actually got interesting to me, the science of it, when it got into this kind of fantasy space of sure. taking this, because in, in, you know, in our perception of it, in our lower dimensional perception of this proton, yeah, it's just this infinitely like small thing, but they can unfold it at the point that they've reached technologically into um, um, into this higher dimensional sort of uh, space. So they unfold it and they work on it um, in like... Um, um, because they, they, they can perceive these things in 11 dimensions, right? So uh, they can come at it from all sorts of different angles. And um, when you're looking at uh, something that's like three-dimensional in an 11-dimensional space, suddenly it's like infinitely more huge. And as you in said- In fact, they, they discover like a it. consciousness in one of the protons. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it, they, and it hits them. It hits yeah, them. It lasers. radicalizes them. Yeah. It, it radicalizes them like, well, you know what? Um, if there's some kind of consciousness in here, you know, it's an intelligence, it's perhaps even a civilization on a scale and of a character that, you know, we haven't really figured out how to comprehend. But you know what, if if we are any qualms about um, us destroying this civilization on the other side of the galaxy, let those be laid to rest now, because who knows how many civilizations, how many intelligences, how many quadrillions like quintillions you know untold numbers of beings incomprehensible you know genocides of incomprehensible scale we have just casually committed by sneezing you know right like we've done all that up to this point what is one more you know done consciously or not yeah it's a very you know fascistic logic um uh, uh, you know intentionally portrayed as such and that's the sort of the aliens internal logic Mm -hmm. uh as they're you know preparing for this invasion of earth but it is also what they're these these proton computers are also what they're using to screw with our physics. It is what they're using to do things like make stuff show up in pictures, like make our um, collider experience go wacky. And it is what they're using to make these scientists go crazy and kill themselves because they're messing with the perception so much. They say reality isn't real. I'm, I'm physics isn't real. And, and they go over the edge because of this. And it is, uh, it's what they're using to make the background radiation of the universe supposedly flicker by making this field around the earth. Um, and they're doing it to impede human progress because right now 
humans are weak compared to them because humans don't have the ability to control matter um, at the sort of quantum level and doesn't have the ability don't have the ability to do anything in uh, other dimensions how, beyond just the basic three. However, humans have a very fast rate of evolution, they were saying. Like they talking about, oh, humans went from just speech to uh, steam to the nuclear age to the information age relatively quickly. In 400 years, by the time we get there, they might be able to take us on. So basically they're sabotaging humans and they're using humans um, like the Adventists to sort of sabotage other humans to keep, you know, uh, the earth in check. Um so that by the time that their ships arrive, they'll be able to crush them. Um, and, you know, you have this moment where, um, you know, you have this moment after all is revealed, where Wang is uh, sort of standing around the ETO and they've all met together. And it's this moment where all has been revealed and everything's, uh, there's a lot of like, you know, chaos going on. And, um, you know, and there's this standoff between the police and the, and the military and the ETO and there's a shootout. And it's complicated, and uh, Dashi almost dies in this moment. And you basically have the Trisolarians send their last message uh, not too long later. Or, well, actually, it's a little later, but they've. But I can go ahead and say it. These Trisolarians will later send this message just bang, saying to all of them, well, you're all bugs. We're going to squash you anyway, and you can't. You're not going to be able to advance any further because of our, you know, our, our, our interference. But that does actually happen after, like, the kind of the last scene, the last, like, action moment, which is, like, really – um wang's wang's main like a uh, contra one of his main contributions to this like quote-unquote war effort uh the scene with the big boat yes yes because he because it's it's uh mentioned before that yeah he's gained renown for his invention of these inf- these uh these uh nanoscale uh yeah. wires that um that uh once upon a time um were theorized to be able to use for the space elevator that we're building but now have to be put to the purpose of a decidedly more earthly decidedly less peaceful um um war efforts yeah an idea that dashi cooks up which basically is like make an invisible net over the panama canal and when this judgment day boat comes through it'll slice the thing to pieces we'll take all their information they have on the trisolarians and uh they'll all be dead presumably yes Um, and And it, it goes off without a hitch and it's out of and it's out of this scene. If I can, um, if I can uh, advance my uh, my my favorite little passage in the book, um, where you know where my favorite passage comes from, um, their meeting. This is we didn't mention this earlier, but um, or we we touched on it earlier. But um, it's shocking at first to uh, Wang that um, the organization the organization that uh, he falls in with that's investigating the ETO. Um, is international right it's multi-governmental yes. you know there are people from china there of course there are people from america like there's nato guys like um all people who ordinarily would be fighting are you know united on this particular problem the, and, the, uh, ex- yes. actually really quick thing uh the show does it a slightly differently um and it's very it's actually very funny when they're all together i don't know why they made this choice um just maybe to be shady i don't know um but all when when all the people are gathered, um, and it says, and here is this general like looking very American, and says, "From a country in North America," <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it identifies all the other ones. But it says, and he's very clearly American. I think he even has the flag. He just oh, says, "From a country in North America." 
and it's I not like it. a poorly translated show. Like it's it's very intentional. Anyway, go ahead. I'm start introducing myself as oh, I'm from a country. <laughs> yeah, I'm from a country in North America. Yeah. Yeah. So, but um, but very similarly, like um, you know, Dashi sort of gets a shot in at the Americans here. There's an American, Colonel Stanton, who's introduced to him. Um, you know, she is mouthing off at this meeting, and uh, Stanton's like, does. "Who who does this policeman think he is that he can talk to us this way? Uh, who do you think you are?" Dashi asked. Colonel Stanton is an expert in special ops, a NATO officer said. He has been a part of every major military operation since the Vietnam War. Now let me tell you who I am. More than 30 years ago, my reconnaissance squad managed to sneak dozens of kilometers behind Vietnamese lines and capture a hydroelectric station under heavy guard. We prevented the Vietnamese plan to demolish the dam with explosives, which would have flooded the attack route for our army. That's who I am. I defeated an enemy who once defeated you. It's and God it, ass. yes, yes, God is ass. Totally. You know, it's it's again, it's something that I love. You know, he's among he's among people who are, you know, incredibly qualified, you know, incredibly lettered and uh, degreed and have incredible pedigrees in science and whatnot. And, you know, among all these physicists, here's a guy who gets by through, you know, a crude application of the transitive property. You know, X is greater than Y. So Y is so X is greater and Y is greater than Z. So X is greater than Z. Right. You know, yeah, this guy has been on like who would win forums. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and it, but and he always wins in his, his estimation. Uh, it's funny because like he gets kicked out of the room for being disrespectful. But he's just like as he's walking out, he's like, yeah, I could use those nano ropes. And he leaves and like, shoot, he's right. Call him back in. Uh, and that, that that's why he's he's a very fun character in this i mean in this his book is full of like what can be only described as different variations of like egghead aside from dashi you know they're all just people who are in you know various you know various beliefs various um you know moral backgrounds various you know temperaments but they're all just people who are just incredibly science brain to the point of it like is almost crippling aside from him and he's just like chilling smoking a cigar or smoking a cigarette, just sort of waiting to uh, waiting to say a quip and uh, end up actually having some wisdom hidden in there if you're willing to pay close enough attention. <laughs> um, and uh, that, that that's what makes him interesting. And he's actually uh, it, it is also a passage from him that is 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 my favorite quote um, as well. And um, and it's uh, it's it's notable. It's very like at the very end of the book. After the Trisolarians have just been like, y'all are bugs, you know, um, you know, um, you know, everybody's kind of freaked out by that naturally. And they're like, well, they're not coming for 400 years, but it's kind of weird to just live knowing the human project is fundamentally over. Um, and Wang is, you know, out there and he's, he's getting drunk and he's upset. And uh, Dashi drags him out to a field and shows him all these locusts, right? Um, these locusts out on the field um, eating up the crops. And uh, and he says to him, quote, look at them, the bugs. Humans have used everything in their power to extinguish them. Every kind of poison, aerial sprays, introducing and cultivating their natural predators, searching for and destroying their eggs, using genetic modifications to sterilize them, burning with fire, drowning with water. Every family has bug spray. Every desk has a fly swatter under it. This long war has been going on for the entire history of human civilization, but the outcome is still in doubt. The bugs have not been eliminated. They still proudly live between the heavens and the earth, and their numbers have not diminished from the time before the appearance of the humans. The Trisolarans, who deem the humans bugs, seem to have forgotten one fact. 
the bugs have never been truly defeated. Mm-hmm. And I did appreciate that. I liked um, I liked that perspective on it. Like a, another way of looking where he's just like, well, you know, um, we're, we're, we're not, we're, we're not going to lose. We're not going to be eliminated. It is this moment of sort of, uh, of that, that, uh, that transcends, uh, you know, the, the harsh calculations that Phil finished most of this book. Like, yes, it is sort of based on a sort of science. Um, and, uh, but it is also at the same time, just saying like, no, we're going to have this transcendence, this, this triumph. Uh, and I have not read the sequels, but I do know for a fact that there is, that humans don't get just squashed by bugs. I don't know the final conclusion, but I know there is more to it than just that. Well, and what's uh, interesting to me, I have that precise passage, like, you know, um, exactly that passage, every word um, highlighted as well, you know, because it was really striking to me. Um, and what's interesting to me is that you read when you're re- when you're reading about climate change, um, you read about the loss of uh, insect biomass yeah. and how potentially catastrophic that's going to be for um, the environment, for human civilization, um, yeah. you know, more more pertinently to us. Um which interested me because there is there is in fact this end scenario for um, for insect life or for at least a critical mass of insect life, um, you know, not because of anything that um, that we particularly want to do, not because of anything that um, that perhaps we're consciously trying to do, but that's the thing. Like as soon as as soon as that stri- if that struggle is to end, um, you know, if this particular dialectic is to uh, you know resolve in one way or another, then that's the end for us as well. Yes, exactly. It is. It is only in self-destruction that that destruction is effective. And mm-hmm. I had a similar thought where he was like, well, the population is not decreased. And it's like, well, it has, but not because we swatted so many of them. You know what right. I mean? Not because we were like, oh, we did a really good job, um, you know, uh, putting fertilizer on our crops. Uh, it's just that wasn't like with that particular uh, with that particular idea in mind. In fact, it was it was all um, it was all incidental. Um, so yeah, I found that I found that to be interesting. And you know, ultimately, you know, the book concludes kind of on that note of the Trisolarians are coming. They're not coming for a very long time. Is the Earth going to band together, or is the Earth going to tear each other apart? Now that we know about aliens, you know, it's this moment of, uh, you know, history is now in flux. You know, you have a character at the beginning who has a conversation where he just says uh, he's this general, and he's like, "Yeah, humans have been pretty fortunate up till now that there's not been anything that's really just completely disrupted us dramatically. We have been able to evolve in relative peace without being disturbed from the outside." You know, the idea is we haven't had anything forced on us from without that has fundamentally shifted the conditions under which we are operating, Um, which I found interesting. I also thought about climate change when he talked about that as well. The idea of like we've been able to operate within a relatively stable climate for, um, you know, our our species existence. Mm -hmm. And now we have to we we are just we are simply not going to be dealing with those conditions. So I found that to be an interesting way of looking at it. But also the concept of, well, we are introduced now to a scenario in which everything is in flux. We are introduced into a scenario in which there is a con- uh, chaos put on us from the outside, and that is sort of in its nature the three-body problem, the unsolvable problem. Though this do- book does posit that perhaps it is solvable, um, but that's not really – that's not even really what is uh, sort of decided inside of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's it ends up not really being the point whether you can solve the three body problem or not right the point is the point is in the attempts right 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 and uh 
and and that's and that and then that's and that's where it leaves off and it's it's a very you know i'll read the sequels eventually but the sequels are not the same characters they take place very in the in the, in the future mm-hmm. um the third one in the very distant future um so this is very you know this is a self-contained book um a self-contained story and uh yeah i i walked away with from it with a very interesting uh you know, it's a lot of very interesting concepts, a very interesting look at a culture that I don't get to work with a lot. Um, on the level of a book, you know, I found it uh, engaging. I found it interesting. It was introducing new concepts. I'll say, um, you know, this book is not particularly interested with things like character, character dynamics, that kind of thing. There are fun character moments, but like it's not super caught up in like, you know, snappy dialogue. It's not super ca- caught up in like the intricacies of a deep plot. It's not I, I don't find Lucy Sushin to be like super invested in these characters. They feel a lot like props for the most part. However, I think he accomplishes with this book everything that he sets out to do because this it it, it isn't for a lack. It's it doesn't feel like it fails in anything it attempts to be. Though I do have moments where I I do want more out of you know character, want more out of story. I also know that that's not really what this is, you know. Yeah, yeah, and you know it's it it's, and I mean credit where it's due, right? You know, yet um, you know, Wenja's story is real is 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 legitimately compelling, and her yeah, and her I wish it had of, kind of been concluded, though. Yeah, I wish it had been rounded out a little bit. Yeah, because she because she ends um because she ends uh, the last that we see of her is uh, she's being interrogated by the um by our um our uh, international sort of uh, investigative body, um, right? And she visits Red Coast Base, right? And that's like the the ruins of it but yeah yeah i'm not and, really sure what her that doesn't what was sorry what were you saying oh yeah yeah and you know like her her whole her whole journey right from um from you know victim you know victim of that of a particular excess of the cultural revolution to you know um dooming humanity um perhaps in a fit of peak you know to um you know uh, having that moment of regret, having that dark night of the soul, and then like doubling down. Um, like we 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 kind of glossed over this, but um, but once she figures out what's going on with the aliens and that she's talking to them, she realizes, oh, the guys who recruited me um, are the only people really because now there's a skeleton crew at that point running the base. So like, there's only the guys that recruited her um, who can piece together what exactly she's doing. Who she's married to one of. Yes, yeah, she's married to one of them by this time, and she makes the decision. You know what? Like. Um, I'm gonna have to kill this guy. I'm gonna have to kill them both. Um, and she does. She drops them both off a cliff. Which, and I mean, and even her child later on, her actions lead to the death of her child as well. Yes. Yes. I mean, exactly. And she's, that's she's and cold. That's, <laughs> and that's and that's what's interesting. So, I couldn't help but think of Jurassic Park as uh-huh. I read this book because it mentions chaos theory directly. Like it yeah. mentions that you know part of the um. Part of what makes the three body problem so difficult is that the initial conditions of these three um, of these three celestial sort of uh, spheres acting on each other. um, um, You know, you can you can predict where it starts, but not necessarily how they progress. Right. So, you know, and as with, you know, you see a parallel in, you know. You see a parallel in something like the Cultural Revolution, you know, where it starts. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, you have this you have this huge project to uh, radically transform society and um and cleanse it of its uh you know of its um reactionary of its counter-revolutionary of its bourgeois elements and you know yeah you can say hey g- uh, hey people go go do this go learn from your uh go learn from your uh, revolutionary past and uh you know build something on top of it but you can't necessarily predict how how you know 
uh, millions of uh, millions of uh, people, particularly young people, are going to act. Right. Especially, you know, in the in those in those incredibly chaotic, mm-hmm. uh, tense conditions. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I also think I, I just, you know, to, to, to sort of bounce off what you were saying with that. Um, it, it's it's worth noting that this has. Um, that, that this the fact that this has had such a such a massive impact on people, I think, is more than just the fact that it's, you know, interesting conceptually. I think that does speak to people, you know, and it has been very popular, especially in China. Uh, the TV show as well. The TV show has been very successful. I watched, um, I've, I just watched the beginning of the TV show. I've not gotten uh, into it. There's a lot of it. Um, I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the beginning of it. I found it to be pretty good. Everyone to be very well cast. Uh, being, I, I thought um, it would uh, indicate things in the 60s by playing this same, or, or 60s and 70s by playing this same uh, marching tune when it would transition back time. It was like very mm-hmm. well. The show, in fact, I like the show opens with uh, the first shot is that music playing in a very dark room where you can't see anything and you just see a red button and you just see a young woman who I know to be yay just hit the button and then it goes into the intro. And I find Ah. that to be a very effective start to the whole thing uh, because that really is the crux on which all of this turns. Um, But you mentioning Jurassic Park did make me think, um, oh, a mistake that Lou make is not putting Ian Malcolm in this narrative because imagine, imagine <laughs> what Ian Malcolm would, would be doing in the three-body game. Are you kidding me? You would not get that dude out of the suit. You would oh, not yeah. be able to get that man out of the suit. There's and no would doubt. He, would, he, would he, I mean, he wouldn't be an Adventist. You know, he would be a redemptionist. Absolutely. Yeah, but like in a very like, he would have like his own, he would definitely have his own take on it. Oh, yeah. Um, he would probably decide that like the 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 spaceships weren't going to reach Earth, like they were going to mess up or something. <laughs> um, he's like, he's like, they can't, they can't do that. They can't, they can't go four light years. Think about it. You know, there, there's too much chaos. There's too many. There's too many nebula in between here and there. You know that kind of thing. Now I'm thinking um, of he and Malcolm like having visions of the like Trisolaran civilization just in, in his like last morphine dream before the Costa Rican Air Force mm-hmm. napalms him. Yeah, he's just like laying there. He's like they're dried out, man. Like, whatever. <laughs> are you? Are you? Are you um, are wait, you life finds of... a way. Life finds I, a way. exactly. Exactly. Are you at the point in the show where um, where Wang gets into the game yet? Um, I didn't get to that point in the show, but I did look and watch some like scenes from it. Uh, it's it does like a sort of like it, it's 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 interesting. It's it's interesting how they like sort of represent it and have it like in this sort of digitized space. It's a it's a it's it's a fascinating it's it's definitely a fascinating choice. Does, the does effects the, are really good. Does the dehydration mechanic look as silly as I think it as I imagine it does? I only like I only saw a still of the dehydration. Um and yeah, it looks pretty silly. <laughs> um but I, I haven't seen a clip of them like dehydrating fully, so I'm not sure. Notably, they're also making an American version of this. Uh same guys who made Game of Thrones, uh, known as D and D, the David Benoff and David Weiss. Yeah, uh, I don't have super high hopes for that. I don't really know why it's necessary. Or uh, we were discussing oh, yeah. this earlier off the show, but like either the show takes place in America, in which the context doesn't really work, or it takes place, or Netflix is going to make a show depicting China during the Cultural Revolution, and that's going to be really problematic as well. Um, so yeah, and I it's not going to come with any of the nuance. It's not going to come with any of the well. We are fighting against a century of colonialism. It's not going to come with any of the well. People were doing their best. It's going to just be pure like. 
raving at the mouth reactionary propaganda. Yeah, and, so, you like, know, at, at, at a time, you know, at a time that we live in where the United States government is openly saying we have to contain China, we have to arrest China's rise, we have to prepare for major power conflict, right? And in the media, it's all, oh, there are these secret Chinese police stations. You you people reading this, like there's, there, there's you know, there's, uh, you know, outposts of this uh, authoritarian government all around you. Xi you know, Jinping and, is uh, in your walls. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um. Yeah, you know what? If if there's anybody, if there's anybody who lives in my walls, I feel like Xi Jinping would be reasonably nice about it. <laughs> he's he's just chilling in there. Yeah, he's he's stri- he strikes he strikes me as a pretty chill guy. Yeah, um, well, you know, at least at least in like mannerism, you know. Yes, but yeah, you know, in our in our current environment, like I don't have very high hopes, as you said, about about Netflix really um really making something with uh with the nuance that um that you know um we would like to, it we would like it to be approached with. Um, that said, I will add this caveat. D&D, if you are going to make this show, if this is it's not too late, it's not too late to turn back, but if you decide not to turn back, make this a show about why humanity needs to unite. Yes. This, this is the op- this is your golden opportunity to make a very very clear statement that this text gives you the ability to make. Mm-hmm. Uh it gives you the ability to say, see these Chinese people, they're like you. We're all the same. We need to work together. Um, and look, if we have to use the manipulation of pretending there's going to be an alien invasion, we'll use the manipulation of pretending there's going to be an alien invasion. Whatever it takes to stop a nuclear war. I'm, I'm you know, we're materialists here. We're going to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah um, just to like, um, just like thinking back across the book, like, um, you know, and, and like I said earlier, I'm not like, much of a hard sci-fi guy so a lot of these concepts in it you know some of the parts on it were like kind of jarring to me parts of it were like where it was like really getting into like the nitty-gritty were very fascinating to me but it wasn't uh i don't feel like qualified to like really say like oh is this good is this bad i don't know i found it interesting i found it it works very well so i thought it was very cool um i think that it would be super cool like to hear like a you know an actual astrophysicist opinion on things you know i read some online and i found some um people who are very impressed by the science in it um you know there are people with their criticisms but that's just how it is uh but i wanted to say despite all that there are some moments uh that are like very um that that are touching like it has a few moments where it slows down and are touching like mm-hmm. the moment with the locust uh i wanted to read one more just because we've you know talked about the technicality of it a lot and Please. it's a memory of yay has of when she was briefly um when she was briefly very sick after uh, giving birth to her child and she's staying in a, a, a small village. Um, and it's, and it, and it goes like this quote in Ye's memory, these months seemed to belong to someone else, like a segment of another life that had drifted into hers, like a feather. This period condensed in her memory into a series of classical paintings, not Chinese brush paintings, but European oil paintings. Chinese brush paintings are full of blank spaces, but life in Quijaton, I think it's, Kijitan, I'm not sure, had no blank spaces. Like classical oil paintings, it was filled with thick, rich, solid colors. Everything was warm and intense. The heated Kang stove beds lined with thick layers of ura sedge. The Guangdong and Mohi tobacco stuffed in copper pipes, the thick and heavy sorghum meal, the 65 proof baiju distilled from sorghum, all of these blended into a quiet and peaceful life like the creek at the edge of the village, end quote. And it is a very rare moment in this book that it is slow 
um, and, and breathes for a second and shows quote unquote normal people, uh, people that are just living their lives, you know, even through the cultural revolution, even through everything, even in the shadow of this giant base, they're just normal people living very normal lives. Um, and this is, you know, you this one moment where yeah, it has something like, you know, melt, melting her a little bit. Uh, you know, it's not enough to change her trajectory, but, um, uh, it's not enough to change things on a grand scale. Um, uh, these are not people who would understand these concepts that are being worked with. You know, she's treated by them as almost like a demigod because she is a scientist, but she is able to have a moment of like, you know, legitimate experiences, these people, she's able to have this like brief moment of light with them. Um, and that is a moment interjected in the book, I think, to remind you that, uh, you know, humanity is not lost and that, um, you know, that the Adventists are incorrect and that these huge views of the universe yes they're important and to look at all this science yes it's important and to think existentially yes it's important but it's also like okay for a moment to sit at the edge of a creek and you know have a drink and sit with some people that you care about and enjoy the sun and um you know and think wow this would be really pretty as a painting right now and i appreciate that it's in there yeah, you know, for his, you know, for his ambition in um, in depicting something impossibly vast, uh, you know, in depicting a story in an impossibly vast uh, time scale and an impossibly vast uh, distance scale, right? On a on a uh, you know galact you know galactic in nature, right? You know, Lou's remarkably remarkably good at drilling down and uh, showing you these like really really intimate moments, like especially like the one the 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 the, the bit that I mentioned that's shared by uh, Ye Wenjian, the pacifist uh, Trisolera and across time, like that's that's one of the that's one of the most striking depictions of just utter loneliness and isolation right. that I've seen in in fiction. Right, and it uses it and it does it like I was saying in a very technical way, a very like yes. unique type of way. It doesn't do the typical. Oh, or it doesn't do the typical. Oh, I'm so tiny. Necessarily, it it takes its own its own angle on it, and it's unique. It's a scientist's mind. That's why I appreciate, you know, his writing. It's why I want to read more of his writing. You know, and 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 it fascinates me, and it makes me even more curious what reading in the original translation would be like. Um, uh, I'm I'm curious how much more of that may come through, or or or, or what of that it comes from, uh, the the you know the translation of it, and you know uh translate and, it, and it's and it's you know um why i note i try and note a lot of times that translation is very much an art and that people do do a good job of translating from one language to another conveying the original meaning um i greatly appreciate those people because that is very difficult work uh that is often unsung so for that i also want to just um you know give a give a give a shout out to uh kin lu um and others on the translation team for sure because mm -hmm. I, uh, while I can't say what it's like reading in the original, I, I feel, I, I do feel like I'm getting a very, um, you know, I, I'm getting a good vision into this work. And in moments where, and it, it, it takes, and in moments, instead of sacrificing the narrative, it'll just add a footnote to give you some more, uh, more uh, explanation. And I appreciate that as well. Yes, yes. You know, especially because like it's, it's, um, because <laughs> I don't know. I, 
it's been a long time since I took AP World History. I don't know who sure. King Zhou of Shang was. I don't I don't know that there there's another like King Shang apparently. So that's you know there you get into the weeds there. Like it's you know providing the context. Yes, um, is important for any translator. Um, you know, and to prevent that from being disruptive. But also again, materially, like this is the sort of story that people really need to be reading. Right. Yeah. This is this is you know the concept of being alone of being dwarfed by the sheer scale of uh of uh, the universe and more pertinently to us by the problems that we face and having the response be to you know band together as uh as locusts do consciously or otherwise right and uh to to go on existing regardless chinese american trisolarin we're all just some locusts for real buzz buzz we all some locusts for real you got any other thoughts on this joss um we keep seeing um we keep seeing ufo stuff pop up in uh in the news now and again and i don't believe it for a minute like it always tends to pop up that um at like um times that we should be focusing on other things though of course there's you know there's so much uh wrong with uh this society and the world in general that you know we ought to be focusing on like mm-hmm. what do you wh- where do you stand on the whole uh alien life thing have we been contacted or do you think they're staying away i mean uh as someone who has uh you know given it a lot of thought my thought process is i tend to be on the side of the explanation of fermi's paradox that it is the the idea of the great filter um that there is a moment where civilization People say the great filter idea is there was a moment that usually kills off civilizations, right? And Mm so some people say, oh, it's climate change, right? They kill themselves or nuclear war or whatever. I have always said, well, maybe just abiogenesis is way more difficult than we thought. Um, Maybe it's just more difficult for life to come into existence than we thought. And maybe the universe isn't empty, but it might just be really – life might just be really, 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 really far away. And you know, for the reasons cited in this book – it's difficult to get radio waves really, really far away. And I, in, if they're not at the next star over, the next star over after that, then it would actually be pretty difficult to get in contact with them. So my thought process is, yeah, they're probably out there. And yeah, it's probably hard for us to get in touch. And it might be a while. Uh, so let's short, sort our own things off so when they show up, we can be on our best behavior. Yeah, give, give you know, again, calling back to left behind, give the um, give the extraterrestrial beings uh, a world to uh, to come to that he would be proud of. Yes, and I do actually really, if you ever get a chance to read through um, the greetings from multiple languages that were sent out into space, I actually really appreciate that because a lot of the um, countries of the world got together and like sent out, um, you know, in the in the mid 20th century, sent out a lot of uh, messages out into space. And I actually really Mm -hmm. appreciate some of them. They're like, they can be really sweet. Um, Oh, 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 here it is. Here it is. Uh, this is these are messages that were put on the Voyager spacecraft. I'm just going to read a few of them, okay? And uh, different countries were allowed to make their own edition, and these are all translated, but they're written in their original languages, okay? Mm-hmm. So Japanese wrote, "Hello, how are you?" Persians wrote, "Hello to the residents of the far skies." The French wrote, "Hello, everybody." English just says, "Hello from the children of planet Earth." Um, Marathi says, "Greetings, the people of Earth send their good wishes." In Chinese, Mandarin Chinese, hope everyone's well. We are thinking about you all. Please come here to visit when you have the time. In Oriya, greetings to the inhabitants of the universe from the third planet Earth of the star sun. Um, in Greek, greetings to you, whoever you are. We come in friendship to those who are friends. In Armenian, 
to all those who exist in the universe, greetings. Uh, Russian, very simple, just greetings. There's a bunch, but my favorite is uh, in Amoy, it's a Min dialect. Friends of space, how are you all? Have you eaten yet? Come visit us if you have the time. And that's that's my favorite one. Have you eaten yet? I think that's it's a it's a greeting. You know, I, I, I like that a lot. It's universal, right? You know, yeah. you, you have, you know, heaven knows how they uh, eat if they eat. But, you know, if there's life, it, it has to have some way of reproducing itself. So, you know, I imagine that would translate. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a it's a very it's a very sweet idea, if nothing else. And, you know, uh, I, you know, it's been said before, but if if they do. If aliens do find our world and we're long gone, you know, maybe at least they'll find our robots and they'll say, well, they named them Voyager. They named them Curiosity. And maybe that'll reflect nicely on us that that's what we named our that we named our machines that we sent out into space. Mm. And uh, absolutely. But presumably, let's we can meet them, you know? yeah, presumably they'll forgive us for Kurt Waldheim's voice being on it. Kurt Waldheim being a former <laughs> uh, Wehrmacht intelligence agency. Oh, Agent. yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe they just won't know about that. We'll just uh, kind of cover our eyes on that one. Oh yeah, but yeah, um, that is uh, that that's kind of the extent of my thoughts on this book that I feel like I can you know express. Um, I know that this has been maybe a more convoluted episode than normal just be due to the nature of this book, but uh, I do appreciate that we got into it and that we sort of tackled it because I think it is you know like we were saying worth doing, even if it's kind of both outside of our wheelhouse, outside of you know our cultural thing. Uh, you know, our cultural milieu and, you know, just sort of outside of what we typically are into. I still think it was like, it's definitely was worth the conversation and worth the uh, investigation, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I took a few extra days on this um, looking into the background of it, because, again, you know, it's, you know, the, the 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 story is a titanic scale, the cultural revolution, like, you know, the the history of uh, of China, like the backdrop that it's set against, like it's it's it's, um, you know, um, you know, it's so complex to dive into, you know, and um, but again, you know, that doesn't mean that uh, you shouldn't uh, just take a chance and dive into it, you know. Yes. And I actually am planning on due to the complex nature of this uh, issue, uh, the Cultural Revolution, linking some resources on the Cultural Revolution from some from a principled source um, from uh, the Liberation School in um in the uh, description of this episode. So uh, yes. if you've got the time, check that out, because that is a. Uh, worthy resource right there. Um, so I'm going to be trying in the future too to be saying ahead of time what our uh, next uh, book is going to be. Um, and I can't promise this will always like never go off the track. Um, but follow, but uh, provided everything goes well, provided everything goes normally, our next book is going to be Slaughterhouse Five by Kurt Vonnegut. Uh, and uh, so we're going to do another type of sci fi, uh, not hard sci fi, but another type of sci fi. Uh, so, uh, yeah, if you are a, uh, if you're part of that shelf life, if you're a shelfer, uh, and you're trying to, to read before you get into it or read a summary before you get into it, uh, yeah, in a couple of weeks, we'll be having, um, Slaughterhouse Five. So look forward to that. Yeah, I am looking forward to it. I've only yes. ever read, uh, Mother Nights, you know, so like, I'm still very, very relatively new to, uh, they exist to in the same, they do exist in the same universe. There's actually a character that crosses over between Mother Night and Slaughterhouse Five. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, confirmed same same universe. Cool. Um you can't miss it. You'll see it's the main character of Mother Night. Um Great. Okay. Well, uh with that, I think Josh said it earlier, but buzz buzz. It's it's locust time. You know? So uh, you know, be good to each other and uh, you know, remember we awesome locusts for real. Anything else from you, Joss? 
we only have one planet, and uh, let's do right by it. Let's do right by it. And um, if you're thinking of hitting that big red button, you know, talk to a counselor. You know, um, have a conversation with your husband who may or may not have kidnapped you. Have a have a really difficult birth and go out into a village and recover. You know. Yes, before you, and then consider hitting the red button. But like, <laughs> you know, have that moment before. If it's in the middle of the night, at least wait till the middle of the day. You know, consult with somebody. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Y'all have a good one, everybody. See ya. Peace out.